You're listening to the Bar Business Podcast, where every week, your host, Chris Schneider, brings you information, strategies, and news on the bar industry, giving you the competitive edge you need to start working on your bar rather than in your bar. This week, I want to have a conversation about coaching. And more than coaching, what does it take to coach your team to success? What can you do to enable those in your bar to make you more successful and to make themselves more successful? And I kind of came about this. I was uh, spending some time this weekend and I ended up watching Ted Lasso because the new season just came out, as I'm sure many of you are aware. And Ted Lasso is, at the end of the day, a story of transformation, a story about a great coach and what a great coach can do to really develop a team and to develop the people on that team. Now, obviously, Ted Lasso is soccer, and we're talking about bars. But in many ways, managing is coaching, and coaching is what we see in that show. So I had been thinking about that this week, and I ended up writing a blog post this week about why everyone needs a coach. And, of course, some of this is self-serving, right? I do bar coaching. And so, yes, do I think everyone needs a coach? Absolutely, that's because I want to charge you to do that. But let's step back a little bit and actually think about why people need coaching. Because it's interesting, if we think about every major athlete in the world, every person that's at the very top of their game in the athletic world, they all have coaches. And you say to yourself, well, why does someone that can run faster than everyone else in the world need a coach? Why does the best high jumper in the world need a coach? Why does the best wrestler in the world need a coach? And that's because oftentimes we cannot see our own blind spots. We cannot see those spaces, those areas where we are not achieving our best potential. And beyond that, beyond just the vision of not necessarily seeing our own blind spots, seeing the own our own issues, coaches help their team largely by providing them ideas, providing them insight, questioning what they're doing. To a great extent, both business and sports are a game. And it's a game where you absolutely have to constantly question what you're doing and question if what you're doing is the best thing you can do. And coaching fundamentally does that. Coaching fundamentally allows you to have someone, or if you're the coach for your team, allows you to point out where those blind spots may be and to help develop people, to help make them better, to help make them stronger in the long run. One way I like to put this is that if we think about consulting, if we think about someone that's just going to come in and tell you what to do for your business, they're going to give you a fish. They're going to say, hey, here's a system. Here's how you deploy the system. Here you go. Coaching is teaching a man to fish. It's saying what's going on. It's asking the questions. It's building a relationship and rapport that then allows you to look at what you're doing yourself and to develop your skills. Likewise, when you talk about a bar owner or a bar manager inspiring their team, their folks on the field, which in this case, right, is in a bar, not a sports field, but it's the same thing. We're not going to just say, hey, this is how you make a drink. Hey, this is exactly how I want this recipe prepared. Obviously, that's important. 
But at the same time, we have to develop people's skills. We have to give them the tools to know how to do things. We have to develop that talent. We have to make them better because that's at the end of the day, as bar owners, as bar managers, how we put more money in our pocket. So every great team, every ownership team, every management team, every team in business, in life, in sports, every team everywhere needs a coach, period. And here's the other side of that. If you can coach your team, if you can develop people, if you can show that you will take the time and energy and passion to develop the people that work for you, guess one of the wonderful side effects of that you will never have trouble finding talent. Because when other folks come in and they see the lengths that you will go to, they see the way that you develop people, the way that you coach your team to success, they're going to want to be a part of that team. Just like a top football player wants to play for the team that won the Super Bowl the prior year because they know that they will be pushed. They know that that can make them more successful in the long run. If you can provide an environment where the folks in your bar are being coached and pushed, you will have people people wanting to join your team. So as we go through today's episode, what we are going to be discussing in detail is things you can do to become the best coach your team can have, to make your team the most successful they can be, and to guarantee your future success because of the groundwork you can lay today. Now, the first thing to consider is what do coaches do? And again, let's think of any sport you want to pick. But let's talk soccer for a minute. What does a soccer coach do? Is that coach telling people to run back and forth down a field and get some cardio in? Absolutely. Is that coach making people practice and get better at scoring goals? Absolutely. Is that coach pushing people to work as a team and putting them in spots where they create stress in order to make the team come together? and achieve a higher level of performance? Yes. What that coach isn't doing, that coach is not running up and down the field himself or herself. That coach is not kicking the goals for the team. That coach is not standing in the goal and blocking those balls for the goalie. They do what they can to develop their team because they know when it's time to play the game, their team is on the field and they are standing on the sidelines rooting them on and helping to guide them through. Now, when we apply this to bars, we have to consider the fact that many times bar owners, bar managers, we want to jump in and help out. We want to get our hands dirty. And that is absolutely something we should do. I think it's a very important part of supporting your team when they're in the weeds to jump in and help out. But that's also kind of a last resort. If you have a server well and your servers aren't getting drinks and your bartender is busy taking care of their bar rail, yeah, go make some drinks. But what we really want to do is we want to empower our people and give them the tools so that we don't have to do that. As owners, we really want to stand on the sidelines and watch everything go and then be able to sit there with support, sit there with small tweaks, sit there and give them new plays that will allow them to be successful, not do the work for them. So a lot of coaching is about delegation, and that's very hard for a lot of managers and owners in the bar business. 
Most of us, myself included, when I own a bar, do not want to delegate. We want to do. We want to be on that field with them. But a coach is not on the field with the team. A coach teaches the team, guides the team, trains the team, makes the team practice and practice and practice, but then does not fight the battle for them. So always think about that. Do you really need to jump in or can you delegate? Can you encourage? Can you motivate and allow your team to do their job properly? Because one of the things we've talked about a lot and we always will, one of my big things, my main goal with the podcast, with the book I'm writing and in my coaching is I want to help you work more on your bar and less in your bar. Well, working in your bar is doing your team's job for them. Working on your bar is motivating your team to do their job absolutely perfectly. So if you really want to be a coach, that is how you work on and not in your bar. Now, as I'm sure you've noticed, I've mentioned a lot about training and about practice and about repeating things until you cannot get them wrong, about really developing your team into something special. And the only way to do that is to actually do the practice, to actually do the training, to actually teach your folks how to do their jobs as well as possible and to make sure that they have the tools and the skills needed to do it not once, not twice, but every single freaking time. And that means that you have to have a culture of teaching and not a culture of training. And you say, well, teaching and training sound like the same thing. And Okay, granted, a lot of people will use those words interchangeably. But really think about it. Training is, I'm going to show you how to do this. You're going to do it a little bit. I've taught you. We're good. Teaching, we want to go fundamentally deeper than that. We don't want people just to understand what they're doing and how to do it. We want them to understand why they're doing it. We want to speak to them. We want to speak to their souls and give them actual passion and reasoning behind what they're doing. So as an example, let's say you have a new bartender and you need to teach them how to pour a draft beer properly. And pouring a draft beer properly in bars in general is one of the most important things we can do because draft beer has a hideously high percentage of waste in most establishments. In fact, draft beer is not normally near as profitable as it should be because there is so much waste involved. So it is absolutely crucial that you teach your team exactly how to pour a beer. And one of the things that you see bartenders do in almost every bar in the world, and they do this way more than they should, especially when it's the first beer of the day they're pouring off that tap, or if you have one of these bars that has 30, 40, 50, 100 taps, some of those taps don't get poured much. And we all know when you open a tap that has not been opened for a little bit, even if it's overnight, you're going to get excess foam. And almost every bartender in the world will keep pouring that beer, and they'll just let some of the foam drain off over the side. But that foam draining off over the side is your profit. And if you teach a bartender how to pour a beer, if you say, okay, open this, hold it at a 45-degree angle, you're going to fill it up. As the glass fills up, you're going to straighten out the beer glass, and you're going to close it. You'll have a little bit of head. It'll be perfect. Okay, that's what they'll do. But when it comes to the point where that foam is dripping over the side, they're just going to assume, well, I have too much head. This is how I get rid of it. If you teach them why it is important 
that they then stop, let the beer settle, let that head condense, and then go back and pour more beer into that glass to top it off. You teach them why that waste matters to you, why that waste matters to them. Well, now they're going to be a lot more careful about how they pour a beer. So whether it's pouring a beer or anything else in your bar, you can't just train someone how to do something. You can't just show them how to do it. You have to explain to them the why behind it. You have to explain to them what it is you're really asking and why you want them to do that. When people understand the reason for doing something that you're trying to get them to do, they are much more likely to do it. Now, they might disagree with the reason and tell you to go screw yourself, in which case you might want to find different employees. But in general, the more you give people information, the more likely they are to do what you want them to do. Because you're not just training them, they're not just saying, you must do this this way because I said so, which is never a good thing to do. You're saying, here's the proper way to do this, and here's why, and this is what I need you to do. And when you approach things that way, when you approach things as teaching rather than training, you'll find that you get much, much better results. So when it comes to teaching your team, coaching your team, as we all know, sports teams practice more than they play. Now, for a bar, right, we're not a basketball team. We're not going to play a game a couple nights a week and practice the rest of the week. We have to play a game every night of the week, and we might find some time to practice every once in a while. But what you do need to establish is, at a minimum, a monthly training meeting. You need to actually meet with your team and go over training, standards, culture points, like your mission and your vision and your core values. And you need to do this on a monthly basis. On a monthly basis, you need to sit down with them and work on developing their skills, developing their talent, and helping them be better at their job. Maybe you do this as a whole group sometimes. Maybe you're going to do a separate training meeting for the kitchen and the front of the house. And maybe you're even doing within the front of the house a separate training session for the bartender and your service staff. But you need to, at least once a month, engage every single person in your establishment in a training meeting. And you need to teach them not only what you want them to do, but why you want them to do them. You need to make an emotional connection with what you're asking them to do. Now, when it comes to actually doing the training itself, when it comes to actually teaching your folks what it is you want them to know, I'm sure you all have heard a lot about different types of learners and auditory learners versus visual learners versus tactile learners and all that. Well, that's kind of old psychology at this point. Everyone needs to hear things. Everyone needs to see things. Everyone needs to do it themselves in order to fully learn something. So it's not that you have one type of learner or another. Everyone needs the exact same experience. Now, while some people absorb better through you speaking and other people absorb better through reading things, absolutely. So you should always make sure that you are giving people materials like handouts and other things they can look at, read, and review. But you also want to make sure that you're going over it very well in just explaining it to them. When I teach people, when I hold a training, I always like to follow a very simple pattern. 
that probably many of you have heard, which is tell, show, do, review. For example, let's say we're teaching people to make a cocktail. And let's do something simple. Let's just say we're doing a, a traditional vodka martini with a little bit of vermouth, some vodka, a couple olives. Nothing complex at all. First thing we're going to do is we're going to walk them through it step by step verbally. So we're going to start from the very, very basics. Get a martini glass. Check that martini glass. Make sure there's no lipstick on the rim. Make sure there aren't any smudges on the glass itself. Then we're going to take that glass. We're going to fill it full of ice. We're going to fill it full of water. That's so that we start to chill the glass, right? Now in a shaker, we're going to pour in some ice. We're going to put in two and a half ounces of vodka. We're going to shake that vodka up. We're going to get it nice and cold. We're, while we're doing that, we're looking at the guest. We're smiling. We're shaking it up by our heads to the side, putting on a show. Now, once we have that vodka cold, we're going to set that shaker down. We're going to grab the martini glass. We're going to empty it. Throw out the water and ice. We're going to take a bottle of vermouth. We're going to put a little bit of vermouth in. Frankly, I don't like vermouth in a vodka martini. I like to just swirl that vermouth in there and chuck it into the sink. You get the flavor of the vermouth, you get a nice coat on the glass, but you don't have any actual vermouth in the finished product. Take that shaker, pop the top off, put on a strainer, pour it into your martini glass, right? Couple olives on a pink garnish, done. Obviously, you're not going to describe it quite that quickly. Go into detail. Explain every single step. Explain exactly what you want them to do, how you want them to look, how they should stand. Every tiny little aspect. And the reason you do that is A, details are hideously important. B, you'll have a consistent experience regardless of who's making that martini. And C, we aren't training. We are teaching. We are showing the optimal way to do it, period. So once we've explained this in great detail, now we're going to show them how to do it. Narrate it as you go, but actually go through all the steps exactly how you laid out and do it perfectly. Show them what good looks like, what is perfect for making this martini from start to finish, period. After you've shown your team how to do that, now they're going to do it. So take turns putting them behind the bar. Everybody's making a martini. And on a side note, I suggest when you do training like this, don't use vodka, use water. Obviously, that's cheaper. It's better for the bottom line. But make everyone go through the activity. Make everyone actually make that drink. And frankly, when we're teaching people, especially when we're looking at developing our staff as a whole, I would love to include servers in a training where we're teaching cocktails. Not only are we developing them, not only are we teaching them new skills, not only are we setting ourselves up for our next, the next generation of great bartenders for our bar, they also now know more about that drink. They can explain it better to the customers at the tables. They can sell for you better because they understand everything going into it. But make everyone do it. And once you've made everyone do it, then have a conversation. Ask everyone how that went. Ask them what their thoughts are. Ask them what was difficult for them. What was easy for them? What made sense? What didn't? Have a conversation about what you just did. And that will help to solidify it in everyone's minds. That will help them remember 
what you discuss, why they're doing it that way, and make sure that they're going to do it the same way in the future. Now, if our goal is to make sure that that martini gets made that same way from now until forever, if we just do one training, if we just teach them how to do it once and then we never touch it again, they're going to forget. I'm sure most of you, like me, took physics, chemistry, some sciences like that in high school. And to be honest with you, I don't remember any of it. I couldn't tell you much about physics anymore because I don't use that on a daily basis. So just like your recollection of high school physics, your team cannot remember what you teach them unless you reinforce it down the road. So again, anytime we're going to teach something to our team, we're going to explain why, we're going to tell them exactly how to do it, we're going to show them how to do it, we are going to make them do it, and then we're going to sit down and review what we did and make sure that everyone is crystal clear on what happened and why and how to repeat that in the future. And then down the road, we have to reinforce this training over and over and over and over again so that we're not just getting it right once. We're not getting it right for a little bit. We're remembering it and getting it right forever. Now, coaching goes beyond just teaching people how to do something, just training them, just making them practice something. Coaching is also about realizing that you need to connect with each and every person as an individual. You need to set them up for success before every single game. And in our case, obviously we're not playing a game, but what we are doing is running a bar shift. So those pre-shift meetings, that is your pre-game pep talk. That is your time to quickly reiterate and reinforce your teaching, your training, and what you need them to do that day to make them the best they can be at their job. That is also your time to energize them and hype them up and get them ready for the shift. This is when you can make the impact on your team to get them doing what you need them to do to be successful that night. But beyond that, you also need to spend the time with each and every member of your team to meet with them and get to know them and for them to understand where you're coming from and for you to understand, more importantly, where they're coming from. Something we often overlook in the bar business is what is the motivation of our employees for working with us? Why do they work there? What are they trying to get out of their job? What do they think are the opportunities that exist for us as a business to not only make their lives better and our lives better and our customers' lives better, but what really drives them? What is going to make them into the best possible employee they can be? What is going to help them feel like a successful member of the team? To do that takes more than just some training more than just teaching, more than explaining to them and helping them grow and learn and develop. To build that important personal connection takes actually taking time to sit down with them, to talk with them, to understand them, and not in a group, but one-on-one. -on -one. To be a real coach for your team, to really develop your staff into giving you the best possible bar, 
you have to have one-on-ones with them on at least a monthly basis. And one-on-ones is a concept kind of foreign to the bar and restaurant business. It's not something you hear a lot about in hospitality. It is something you hear a lot about in Fortune 500 companies and tech. It's hugely popular in Silicon Valley. But it's something we need to do more of in hospitality. And here's how that works. For each person on your team, if you have a team that's small enough that you can meet with everyone, or if you don't, you hold all your managers responsible for having one-on-ones with their teams, and then you have one-on-ones with your managers. But for each person on your team, what you want to do is once a month, sit down with them for about a half hour. Ask them how the job's going. Ask them how they feel about things. Ask them what's bothering them. Don't make this time about you. This time is about them getting to know them, their concerns, and what they find to be important. And to do that, you need to ask questions. One-on-ones are all about coaching and teaching through the Socratic method. Merely asking questions to see what they say, and then listening to them, and really internalizing what you're being told so that you can ask further probing questions and understand the root, the cause, the why of why they feel the way they do. That gives you a tool as a manager, as an owner, to help coach them, to help guide them in the direction you need them to go, to help make them more effective for you and your establishment. But it also shows that you care. It also helps them understand you as a person. So when you go in these one-on-ones, again, We're asking questions. We're allowing the team member, the employee, to guide the conversation. And we're listening. We're taking notes. We're probing. We're trying to understand them and where they're coming from. And I know this is kind of vague. And the reason why I'm so vague on this point is because one-on-ones really can go a lot of different ways. And as someone who has worked both in bars and restaurants and in, frankly, Fortune 500 tech, one-on-ones are a unique experience where you are just asking questions, you are just learning, and where you go is largely determined by what that employee wants to talk about. What do they think is important? What do they want to communicate to you as the owner, as the manager, that will help them feel heard? And that's what a lot of this actually is, right? It's about making them feel heard. But it's also about giving you that opportunity to give direct, one-on-one feedback, to hear what they have to say, and to have a conversation. Because that conversation is going to build trust. It's going to build understanding. It's going to build wonderful things for you and your business. Now, one other thing to consider when we're talking about coaching and how we develop a culture of learning and trust where we support people and we teach them and we develop them is you have to let your people guide the process in all parts of this. And why do you have to let them guide the process? Well, there's a few reasons. One, they are the experts. They know what's going on on the field. They are the ones that are interacting with your guests day in and day out. They also know where they need training and where maybe other people on the team need training. They are the people that are closest to the action. So you need to trust them and rely on them and allow them to guide your coaching process. Allow them to have some input. Obviously, if no one can make 
a martini, you have to train them on how to make a martini. You're going to have to teach that process. But you don't need to teach them how to make a martini if everyone makes a martini perfectly already. So allow your people to show you and to tell you what it is that's important to them and what it is that they think you need to work on or that they need to work on rather. And actually that was a little slip there when I said tell you what you need to work on. But that's one of the valuable things about one-on-ones about coaching in general. Just as much as you're giving folks feedback, just as much as you're standing there watching what they do so you can point out the opportunities they have to be more successful, they're going to do that to you. It has to be a give-and-take relationship. If your relationship is all take, 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 you're the team, I'm the manager, I'm going to make you do these things, and I'm just going to take, 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 you're not building a culture of trust. You're not building a culture that is set up to succeed. And you're not coaching your team in a way that will make them the best they can be and in turn make far the best it can be. And that's what this is really all about, right? It's about building a culture. It's about supporting your team. It's about taking great care of people. But as I have said before, and as I will say many times, we're not in a business. Just have fun. We're in a business to make money. And when you rely on your team and you coach your team and you train your team and they practice, just like an NBA championship basketball team, they will have the tools to be successful. No one wins a championship without hard work. No one can have the best bar that they possibly can unless they put in the hard work. You have to coach your team. You have to allow your team to be the best they can be. And you have to support them along the way. So to start to sum this all up, Coaching is the way you build a culture. Culture fosters a solid team. A solid team drives repeatable results that put profit in your pocket. A solid team is your only avenue out of being average, out of being like every other bar in the area, to being special, to being different, to not having a 5 or 10% bottom line, but having a 15 or 20% bottom line. You must build the right culture. And the only way to get to a successful culture, a culture that attracts talent, a culture that gets people to be the best they possibly can be, is to coach them. The same way that the only way a team ever win the Super Bowl is by having a good coach. Yes, you have to have great talent, but you have to have a great coach. And if you want your team to be capable of winning at the highest level, you have got to coach them and train them and teach them until they are capable of doing so. With that, have a great week, and we will talk again later. Thanks for listening to the Bar Business Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Check out our website at barbusinesspodcast.com and join our Bar Business Nation Facebook group for more strategies and tips.